0: The M-Store where they're all Grizz all the time.
2: At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com/business to learn more
3: said the motel on the street in the city palms call me what you want when you want it you want and you can call me now for the Kurtz Polaris
1: studio here is Ryan Tutell and Coulter
3: Nuanez Call me what you want when you want if you want And you can call me names if you call me up to like the least of all your problems. You can't reach me if you want to stay up tonight.
1: Interviewing the voice of the Grizz Riley Corkin on the radio is in the state of affairs that we've got right now is just sort of like hanging out with your friends now, right? This is what we do. We just get the kind of audio. Maybe if we're lucky, we get a video feed on it, but that's the way it is. It's its 2 Tell Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. If you missed anything in the first hour, check it out on the podcast. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. You can search, rate, if you subscribe to Tell They podcast and uh, listen at your leisure on your time. It is brought to us by Alpine Touch and Blackfoot. We are happy now to go to the Ragged Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in our friend Riley Corcoran. He's the voice of the Grizz, does men's basketball and football for the Grizzlies uh, on, uh, on the Learfield Sports Network, the, uh, the Grizz Athletics Sports Network. And Riley, uh, well... It is supposed to be the downtime anyway, but I don't know if anybody thought it was going to be this down. So there's golf and what else for you to do in the world right now?
3: <laughs> That's a good way to describe it, first off. Uh, and it's great to be talking with you guys. I've got, before I get into it, I want to say thanks, first off, for giving us some sort of normalcy. You guys being on the air has been uh, fun to listen to during this pandemic. And I know that I'm not the only one that. Uh, you, you've gotten through a couple of days, but it has well, been a lot of time of all, on the golf
1: course. Just let me say this. Yeah. I appreciate that. But if two telling new is, is a barometer for normalcy, we got bigger <laughs> problems than the dead nab <laughs> pandemic out there in the world. You know what I mean? This should not be the way it is, but I, I appreciate the words. <laughs>
3: Well, I'll tell you, I guess the normalcy would be after getting off the golf course, I'll flip you on in my car on the drive home. I well, guess. it's that better would be than the, being flipped the,
1: off, Riley,
3: am I right? <laughs> oh, Dad wow. jokes all day. <laughs> oh, man, you, you guys could rack a bunch of those up over the last six weeks or so. That is it's all for right. sure. It does. That's right, I've been thinking oh, of these man. things. I don't even know if I want to admit this out there, but I know that anyone that has uh that, that likes to play golf as much as I have during this time to, to fill time. I just entered a score from uh, this weekend and it was round number 40 of, of the year. 30. Wow. So I, wow. I know. Oh yeah my gosh. You're,
0: I you're lapping me. I thought I was the one that was golfing all the time.
3: <laughs> it's easy. You just flip it around and, and kind of go through, especially once uh, the course is opened up here, it was, it was a nice way to kill some time, but I, I I hate to inform you guys that the the swing hasn't gotten that much better. It's just more filling time than anything else. But <laughs> it, it, it's been it's been a wild time. I mean, for me as well as anyone else, I think that. You know that the month of April kind of went and passed through, and, and a lot of people forget what goes on in the month of April, at least from my perspective on it, it was a ton of grizzly softball. It was going to be thirteen grizzly softball games at home. You add in spring football, so that was kind of the void, at least from a personal side of things that uh, that I' missed out on and was kind of trying to go, oh boy, the off season starting, and then of course, you know the the spring tour we're supposed to be think today in Haber and Glasgow, uh, so certainly missing that long drive today. But um, it, it's just been bizarre trying to, to get through this time, and I know just trying to fill it with any inkling of information because there's so much that's out there right now that I know we're going to get into over the next little bit. But it has been a lot of go- time on the golf course. There, there's no denying it for me. That is, uh, that is my one way I do definitely do kill some time.
0: Well, Riley, we, we've basically been operating under the premise of talking about sports that uh, will happen, even if they might not. So we're just the ultimate optimists around here. So let's talk about a little bit of sports when it comes to the Big Sky Conference. I know that you've been talking to people around the league. I know there's some stuff, obviously, you guys are entrenched in athletic departments as as voices of certain teams, so some stuff you can't share. But what can you share that you've maybe learned from some of your colleagues? Or what are you hearing around the league just about the state of football, the state of the Big Sky Conference, and if and when we do have football in the state of Montana?
3: You know, it's ever-evolving, as I know that you guys have heard that word as well as fluid a lot from interviews throughout the course of the last four to six weeks, but I would say increased optimism. It really has been around the league from talking two to three weeks ago to now talking last week and now more news trickling out this week that there is increased optimism about what Big Sky football can look like and who's going to be included in that. And I think the the most maybe unique scenario that we've seen out there, at least that I've heard, is just the fact of the money games and the non-conference side of things. Because I think the Big Sky Conference is moving forward with the fact that there will be a full conference schedule, and all teams are, are moving to be on board for that. The California schools we know are kind of uh, haywire right now. I think Cal Poly would probably be the biggest question mark uh, of any of the California schools. Um, but but the big thing's the money games, guys. And for schools that rely on it much more than say a Montana or a Montana State, that what will they have to do if non-conference gets? moved a little bit would they sacrifice a conference game would they even take a forfeit if you go down into the big sky conference i don't think bylaws would be the right word but there's some verbiage in there that you could maybe take a forfeit in a big sky conference game if you need to get the money game for your athletic department so as far as things that maybe be the most interesting scenarios i've heard out there i would probably put that up there that Maybe a school would have to take a forfeit so they could go get a $400,000, $500,000 paycheck just to let their athletic department survive, so to speak. But I think a roundabout answer would be increased optimism, especially as the weeks have progressed here in the last couple days even.
1: Well, along those lines, I want to ask you the same thing. We're looking forward tomorrow at exactly this time. In fact, uh, tomorrow on the ESPN Roundtable, to have Kent Haslam, the athletic director at the University of Montana, on the show, and certainly we'll talk to him about scheduling for football and some of the the you know the the plans A through Z that there might have to go to depending on how things work out, but. When it comes to, like you said, Cal Poly, for instance, maybe a Sacramento State, maybe a Portland State that's on the schedules of not just Montana, but all these teams around the big sky. If they can't go, how, how do you think, how however, you may be hurt? I don't know that those might go filled or would they be left unfilled potentially if that's just the way that the cookie crumbles.
3: And that's the, the number one scenario, Ryan, that they're talking about right now. And I think it's a matter of the California schools. Let's just cut right to the chase. And I know that Kent's going to give way better perspective on this uh, 24 hours from exactly right now. But uh, from what I've heard, is it's a matter of if they're all in or if they're all out? Because if you have all three of those teams say not be able to play, then you're down to 10. That's more of a realistic number where okay, do you play uh, pretty much a full Big Sky Conference schedule where you can substitute teams in? Do you blow up the the current schedule that you currently have to try and fill those games? Or if it is maybe just, say, a a one school that's out, like a Cal Poly, then you would probably leave it empty and and try and – um, just kind of cope from there and see maybe you really don't want to get down the road from what I've heard uh, and I think we all could agree with this where you have an unbalanced number of games for certain teams say a Montana plays eight conference games but an Eastern Washington plays seven so to speak that that would probably be worst case scenario there but uh, I don't see any other way that the league could maybe move forward with it if say maybe one team like a Cal Poly would not play. I don't know any other perspective or any other scenario that you can maybe see out there other than just say, okay, well, that that's a forfeit on the schedule or you just take one less game and move forward.
0: The common talking point of the big sky kickoff for the last several years has been the unbalanced schedule. Too many teams in the league. What's the right number of teams for the league? How do we get this thing ironed out so that we have more of a round robin and less of this, scattered schedule where you play eight but you don't play four it seems to me like this actually might cater to the scenario that a lot of people that are from the traditional big sky covers the charter members uh, might like i mean what do you think of that element i mean because it seems as if maybe the, the schools that will be the ones that are available to play will mostly be the schools that have been in the big sky all along
3: i completely agree with you and not to be too inclusive with it with regards to the california schools but yeah it is a nice round number it is perfect in the sense of okay if there are 10 teams you could see a scenario down the road where look how nice this is you play every team once if you expand to do eventually a nine-game conference schedule I i have the feeling and i know we might get down the road you're talking about baseball say baseball comes back with an 82 game season what's the biggest maybe uh scenario out there that owners wouldn't like that everybody loved it the fact that there's urgency all the time I, I kind of think the same scenario here with Big Sky Conference football once you finally do trim that number down to 10 and, and everybody can play everyone once and you have the true conference champion I think people are obviously going to to fall in love with that type of scenario and everything that's out there and I know that the announcement from California here in the last couple of days has changed things, but there were a lot of scenarios being thrown out there. Okay. You're down to 10 teams. This looks a lot better of how you want to do it. And um, I'm interested to see how the big sky conference is going to move forward with it, but it just makes so much sense. And I know that the three of us have had plenty of conversations with it, that if you trim the number of teams and make this a a, a true 10 game 10 team 9 game conference schedule it, it just makes a lot more sense across the board. Coulter everybody's looking for a way
1: to stand out when it comes to marketing. Our friends at Western Birch have done exact Our friends at Western Birch tees have done exactly that. Customized logos on bulk order golf tees for your company, your organization, and that includes us. 1029 ESPN Radio. Love it.
0: So stay tuned because we are going to have some ESPN Missoula tees to give out, to win. A bunch of other ways you can acquire these tees. If you go to westernbirch.com right now, you can see these high-quality hardwood golf tees. There's a bunch of different color schemes. They're just standard. I know if you're a golfer, you're going to need a bunch of tees, and these are really well-priced. You can order them online, deliver right to your doorstep. But if you do want some of those custom-made tees, whether it's just for you or for marketing purposes or to give to your buddies, if you order 1,000 tees right now for $149, they can put your business's logo on there or any other logo that you want, and you can get as many as 2,500 of these custom-made tees. They'll last you all summer. They're functional, but they're also something that people will certainly remember. So go to WesternBirds.com right now to order your custom-made premium hardwood golf tees.
1: Riley Corcoran joining us. He's the voice of the Grizz. does a great job calling football, men's basketball for the University of Montana. And uh, getting back to the University of Montana where you spend, you know, a lot of your time and, 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 and talk to people. Look, Bobby Houck has made no, uh, uh m- you know, minced words at all. It's not minced words at all regarding his disappointment in not having the opportunity to finish spring football, to finish uh, the spring practices and have that kind of, uh, uh, that in full. And he may, he takes full advantage of it. Whereas a lot of other coaches have been like, hey eh, you know what? Big deal is that not- we're actually happy not to have it in some instances, whatever. But when you talk about teams that it matters more to than others, not just coaches' perspective on it, but teams that need it, maybe coaches who are having a first-year head coach come in, maybe at like a Northern Colorado or something like that, how, where does Montana rank for you in that in terms of it? It's a hurt. It, it's a loss for everybody to not have it, but how there's teams that it seems like it hurts more than others. Montana, now in year three of Bobby Houck's return with a staff that has basically been intact in that whole time, how much – Does that hurt or maybe not as much in relation to other teams to, you know, have gotten a few practices in and not been able to finish the spring?
3: You know, there's one word that I kind of cater back to when it comes to this conversation. I don't know if i necessarily go help or hurt, but I would say the programs and the teams that are building momentum are the ones that it maybe hurts the most. And you can really tell from all the things you just said there with the staff, the continuity, the, what the Grizz did last year. They had so much positive momentum that they wanted to keep that going and keep that flowing. So I guess maybe if you want to say that the teams that hurts the most are schools like a Montana – or even like a Northern Colorado, just for a sense of a new coach needing to build momentum. I always go back to that one word because you can feel it. And I know I've said it on your guys' show before, and anyone that asked me about Grizzly football under Coach Houck in the last 365 days, boy, there's so much positive momentum continuing to build up. And I think that's why... Uh, More than anything else, we know Coach Halk is just chomping at the bit to get back to work and to get this thing rolling, but it's because of the good feeling and the good vibe that is around the program right now where they finally feel like they have the the look of a team that they want. And uh, I listened to the interview you guys had with Parker Gabriel. It's not Peter Gabriel, right, Ryan? I just wanted to make sure on that one.
1: uh, So far as I know, though, I can't imagine Parker's got nearly as great a hair as Peter Oh
3: gosh, I just Marcus had to give you a hard time about good, that. Good quaff. Oh, good he has coiff. great hair. He is <laughs> absolutely, absolutely on that. But no, I mean, it, you look at this team and the holes that they're filling, it's so calculated with with an AJ Forbes coming in and and the offensive line starting to look the shape that that uh, the Grizzly teams of the past that coach Houck remembers, um when we did the the chalk talks throughout this off season, it was so much fun from my perspective just to get on those Zoom calls before we even hit record and just hear Coach Houck reminisce with those former players about what the return to dominance was like. And that hashtag has been out there for a while, but you really see it come to fruition when you look at some of those teams and how were they built. They were built from the interior, then going out. And then you talk about the skill position that the Grizzlies have. There's just a lot of momentum. And I guess the uh, again, to answer your question, it, it probably hurts just in the sense that they didn't want any of this to stop. Uh, Coach Halk and the rest of that program is built on a specific schedule day by day, week by week, month by month, and, and to not have two or three months of activity, that that's maybe just where it hurts the most. You
2: mentioned A.J.
0: Forbes, and uh, he's certainly an addition that I think will help bolster the interior of the offensive line for Montana Other guys that you were excited to watch? But first of all, start with the transfers. I mean, you're a guy that's closer than anybody to the program, and I've heard nothing but good returns about guys like Robbie Patterson, the junior college transfer that they brought in at quarterback, as well as the Oregon State kids. Yeah, you know, Omar Hicks Onu and and Trajan Cotton, both are slated to play DB and and probably have pretty elevated roles. But uh, what are you hearing about some of the other transfers that Coach Houck and his staff have have brought in this offseason?
3: The guy that I had circled, listed, uh, underlined, everything in between w- was Omar Hiktonu because that he's a guy at a, at a position that the Grizzlies obviously need some impact players or, or just to maybe fill a hole. If you look at maybe some of the holes in the Grizzly roster, he, the cornerback obviously would be one that you would maybe just have some question marks of, okay, well, where are they going to go in this direction? So was really excited to, to watch him and just see how he kind of fit in the mold right away. Talking with the coaching staff, they absolutely loved what they saw initially uh, from him. So Omar hicks Odu was a guy for me that jumped off the page. Robbie Patterson's a unique uh, player with his skill set because he's a guy that I think raw would be a good word to describe him, The the practices I was able to go see, the the six of them that they did get in obviously was keyed in on the quarterbacks like everybody else, because that really was a a position and is going to be a a continued position that we talk about. But, Patterson's completely raw right now, but he has the biggest upside in the sense of, man, if he gets a hold of the playbook and just gets more comfortable in what the system and what Coach Pease, Coach Rosenbach, Coach Houck want him to do, I'm really watching out for him to be a late bloomer. And and other guys that, you know, during spring ball that really stuck out to me. Uh, and we mentioned the offensive line, and I was listening to you guys before the top of the hour, but you lose two seniors in Cy Sermon, Angel Bell and Well, A.J. Forbes comes in. That was a huge need. And then another guy, I know he's not a transfer, but a guy I wanted to mention was Tyler Ganung because the coaching staff, very high on him. I mean, last year, this is a 6'5", 320-pound redshirt freshman and continued to get playing time. He's someone else that... Uh, again, not to put too much expectations on him right away, but I think he could slide into a starting spot and be a really big impact guy. Then all of a sudden, you're looking at six, seven, eight offensive linemen deep compared to where it was two years ago. That's huge for where the Grizzlies are at right now. And then other guys that maybe stick out to me, it's more of the depth down the road. A Keelan White, everybody's going to talk about Samori Touré and Sammy Akem, Gabe Solsker for good reason. Keelan White, another guy that could emerge to... Be absolutely huge. And then you look at the interior defensive line, guys. I mean, with Gubner, Jacob McGowran, we got a little bit of taste of him. Jacob McGowron's had maybe one of the best off-seasons of anybody. So there's just so much optimism from those guys. I know not necessarily transfers, but guys that really stuck out to me uh, of who could be impact. I don't forget about Garrett Graves, too, moving over to safety, just being such a smart guy there as well.
1: It's 2 one of 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, joining us here on the show. And Riley, let's transfer to the other sport that you do, and that's men's basketball. And my goodness! Every wave that that Coach DeCure could get a kid, he got a kid. He's getting <laughs> transfers. He's recruiting high schoolers. He's got guys coming off of their you know one year uh, uh, you know sit out a year in the, in the transfer rule and that. And obviously a couple guys who are you know going to be moving from lower classmen to upper classmen that have played. This this team, the roster right now, as I look at it, looks like it is as full of talent as you could possibly have, but we know that that doesn't necessarily translate and We probably won't know, you know of course, the, the, the gelling, the chemistry of the team and so forth, but when you look at this team, the grad transfers, everything else, what do you think about the state of Montana Grizzly men's basketball heading into this 2020-2021
3: season? I think it's absolutely loaded and depth the word i just used a moment ago boy i mean you you go down the roster here 10 11 guys deep that you feel comfortable with putting into a game now uh the fact that they were able to get the two cams transfer wise and guys that weren't just maybe into the bench guys that that maybe came in for 10 to 12 minutes and put in a couple of points you're talking about Cameron Parker from Sacred Heart, that just was uh, an assist machine that was very successful, a lot of interest. Then Satterwhite, I mean, getting him from Northern Arizona, I think, I think you could slide him right into that. Kendall Manuel role as far as the scorer is concerned and someone also that has been known for his defense so we all know how Coach DeCure the rest of that staff is when it comes to playing defense and being able to fit in right away. What I like most about those two guys is their scheme fit and they wanted to come to Montana to win, to sacrifice maybe a little bit of the personal for the bigger picture. And what Montana can sell here, Coach DeCure, they've got it rolling. I mean, it's just so impressive to watch how deep this group is really becoming. Um, I'm super excited for it. I know that there was some frustration last year, and maybe frustration isn't the right word, but when you rely or have four freshmen like that night in, night out, there are definitely some ups and downs. So I think maybe just steadying the boat a little bit and getting more of this experience to mix in with the young talent, it is going to be phenomenal to watch. And I can't wait to see how these guys gel because they have the pieces in place and they have the depth to, to maybe for a longer season. We're talking 29, 30, 31 games that uh, when you can roll 10, 11 deep, you can even overcome some bumps and bruises along the way.
0: No more of this Grizz stuff. Let's talk about this thing that you're really dying over. I know that you have not been to Dodger Stadium in a long time.
1: It's been almost like nine months since he's been uh, to Dodger this is This is a guy <laughs> yeah, that goes
0: like every two weeks, though, know, this time of year. so That's
1: why he can get 40 rounds, because he's always <laughs>
3: sunny at Riley Corcoran. That's the that thing we know.
0: How about you point. missing baseball right now, man?
3: I am severely missing baseball. I, I think even more so the, the trips to Dodger Stadium, it's more of, okay, it's a a rainy Monday afternoon here in Missoula. Let's just pop on the day game between the the White Sox and the Tigers. I'm enough of a junkie where I miss that, just the the constant every single day. But as far as the Dodgers are concerned, I'm really missing going there. I I had a trip planned to go for opening day and uh, see Dodgers Giants. And that was really the first gut punch when everything hit here with COVID. And uh, I'm having withdrawals for sure. And I've kind of, Put it in the back of my mind now. Okay, it's going to be a full year, but I, uh, you know, baseball guys, it's just the it's the soundtrack of summer, right? I mean, from from all the way down from the Dodgers to the paddleheads that are on SWX and ESPN Radio to even the Missoula Mavs, and I know that they're going to be uh, pumping up here in a little bit. So hey, I'm excited for any baseball, but missing those trips to Dodger Stadium. And you're right, unfortunately, I was uh, I was there at the last game at, at Dodger Stadium. Um, a year ago, so that was uh, a little bit painful, and I need to get that bad image out of my head.
1: That's a for bitter, sure. a bitter pill indeed. And this was supposed to be yet another, you know, the Dodgers making. I mean, this is supposed to be the year for the
3: Los Angeles I'll, Dodgers, right here. They're so loaded this, up. If, if for some reason Mookie Betts never plays a game in a Dodger uniform, it's going to be. I mean it's going to be on curse level for the Dodgers and they just can't get it done. I mean, you win so many division titles and I don't know that Mookie bet. That's why I'm so optimistic or I'm just really pointing myself towards there has to be a baseball season because with what the Dodgers have this year, I don't want to say if they can't win it this year. Oh my gosh. I, it's, I don't know. We might be entering your Cubs territory there with the jinx and the curse and all that stuff, right? Now, take it easy, first of all, okay, because we did get the one now. And the other thing is
1: it's going to be easier for the Dodgers to win when there aren't garbage cans being banged around in the opposing dugout and the hitters yanking Clayton Kershaw out the yard as a result. You know what I mean? So I think that you're, you know, now with an even playing field, maybe it goes a little bit better for your boys.
3: 100 percent and clayton kershaw I, I think of anyone else during the whole astros cheating all of those things that he's the one that gets hurt by it the most Absolutely. I, I think and i and i want to give whoever i think it was verducci or one of the national writers the first person that put it out there it was the most eye-opening thing in the world that not one of his off speed pitches was swung at during that game in houston the world series like come on are you kidding me that's that's as blatant cheating as you can absolutely have. If you guys can't tell, I'm still very bitter about it. I think my blood pressure, my heart rate, every everything's rising up here. You- I've got all the demons out again, guys.
1: Gee. Well, that's what happens to me on the golf course, so that's why it doesn't go so well for me. (laughs) Riley, as always, man, we appreciate your time. Uh, Great insight, conversation on a lot of this stuff. And uh, keep on, you know, good luck with rounds 41 through 80, and then baseball comes back, man. That's my prediction. We're going to get it, and you
3: can be back in your happy place, all right? That that sounds like a perfect summer, and then you put Grizz football in September, and we're back to normal. That sounds good to me, guys. Riley,
1: you're the best, man. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining us here. We appreciate him coming on here, talking with us on uh, a whole number of different things. Uh, that He, uh, well, covers very closely, no doubt about it. We'll take a quick break on the other side. NFL football expecting to have cases of positive COVID tests when the season opens. What are they going to do about that if and when it happens? We'll tell you next. Automated Living is a Mozilla-based smart technology company. If you are looking for a new home theater, some quality hi-fi music on your deck or den, a screen and projector in your boardroom, one button to turn off all the lights, cameras to monitor your parking lot, or a security system to keep you and your family safe, Automated Living has a solution for you. We make our clients' lives easier and more enjoyable while giving peace of mind with streamlined control of all elements in the home or office. Contact us today for a free consultation.
2: Nothing says Florence Coffee like a real huckleberry smoothie. Our real huckleberry smoothies are made with real huckleberries that grow high up on the mountainsides of Montana. Drive to any of our FloCo locations throughout western Montana and try a delicious real huckleberry smoothie and visit us at FlorenceCoffeeCo.com. The best flavor under the beach.
0: Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our
1: first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke
0: Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice.
1: I thought they just had tryouts.
0: How did they get to tomorrow? Well, don't you know baseball? They play every single day. They try out. I mean, that was two weeks ago that there was tryouts. They've already had probably 50 practices since the last time they had tryouts.
1: How about that? Steve Telling the Warners, 102.9 ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? Great to be with you. Thanks for being with us. If you would like to watch the show, you can do so on the television. You can do so on the YouTube. If you would like to listen live, you can do so on the World Wide Web, 1029 esbncom You go to the uh, website, you listen to the stream. The stream is available all the time. Thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Coulter, I got a couple of things here for you. Now, we've done fair amount of local stuff are you okay over there you look like you're you trying you're moving your microphone around you're bending over you well feel i don't like
0: have like long enough head cord i'm supposed to be over here i could say all the things that are wrong with this studio because tommy's not here
1: well <laughs> just, just take it easy now man okay all you wanted to do was stand up a little you could take the I got headphones wrap,
0: up on the wrap around the computer all right. And, all
1: right okay good start to the segment. Uh Golter, I found this interesting today. Uh, the NFL, uh, what was it, about two weeks ago now, officially released its uh, its schedule. They have you know their scheduling release party is basically what it is for this upcoming season, and they put together the schedule that was just exactly what the schedule always is from the opening day to the 17 weeks of football and everything that goes along with it. So they have that going on, and. Yet we have everything on pause, everything on hold, and a lot of ancillary plans that are being, you know, kind of put together uh, with the expectation that things are not going to be able to go as planned in a lot of different, you know, ways and arenas. Football has sort of just continued to carry on and they've, you know, it felt great. I mean, they had the Super Bowl the month before this all started and entered their very long offseason, which most sports don't have this this offseason. But what I found was interesting was today, Dr. Alan Sillis, who is the chief medical officer of the NFL, said the following regarding the pandemic and its potential impact on NFL football. Quote we fully well expect that we will have positive cases arise because we think that this disease will remain endemic in society. It shouldn't be a surprise that new positive cases arise. Our challenge is to identify them as quickly as possible and prevent spread to any other participants. We're working very diligently on this and we'll have some detailed plans at a later time further he went on to say quote we want to make sure that we are in no way affecting the supply of tests that are needed in the healthcare system in any of our markets around the country at large that's a strong commitment from all of us so there's a couple things here first of all he isn't speaking just about players and coaches you think he's talking about every individual and entity that works in and for the nfl that pulls off games whether that extends out to media whether that extends out to the hourly personnel that work in those things i'm not sure but certainly all the administrators of which there are many at every single nfl football game uh you know every sunday and and all of the staffs that are you know part and participating in pulling off football the, the thing that the NFL certainly does have is the finances, right, to get and, you know, to figure out a way to have tests that are not pulling, you would think, pulling resources away from where they're also needed, you know, just as much if not more in the hospitals and so forth in the healthcare facilities around the country in the markets, which are major markets, obviously, of the 32 teams in the league. But also, this, this is such... Everybody has said, you know, if you have positive, you know, the first positive case that came out in the NBA with Rudy Gobert, boom, that's it, done, over, the league stopped, shut down, suspended. This is saying, well, no, 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 not so fast. Not only might it happen, we fully well expect it to happen. Now, he didn't say that player didn't say players but he didn't say we expect positive cases to arise because that's the nature of what we got going which is pretty reasonable consideration it seems to me and we are putting together a plan on how to deal with that which if you read between the lines maybe even not between the lines means we are figuring out a way to allow football to continue even amidst the case that you know when we have positive cases that come to the fore and obviously limiting the spread of them as quickly and you know uh, uh uh and to minimize the spread of it as much as possible is this surprise you no not that it's happening but that the the NFL the spokesperson of the league is going out there and saying this
0: no I think the okay we we'll see you tomorrow I, I think the NFL is such a gigantic entity such a mega billion dollar industry and such a completely autonomous portion of American society that barring. Every player in the NFL being hospitalized for COVID-19, the NFL will play games.
1: Playing games and playing all the games as scheduled and playing the games through the pandemic, even with when positive tests come through, are, are three different things. Are they not?
0: They are. I have three questions for you. Okay. Would you agree that the NBA is so much more socially conscious than the NFL?
1: I would. Yes, I would. I would agree that the sun is hot. Also, in related news,
0: <laughs> if Rudy Gobert yeah. wouldn't have pulled the the stunt that he pulled, yeah. where he mocked COVID nineteen and then touched all the mics and mm-hmm. said, "I hope you guys don't get my disease," and yeah. then and then was and the then first God. player to do it, yeah. would things have gone differently in the NBA? Would there have been as swift a shutdown? Because I think that they'd shut it down so swiftly. Because of just the mocking nature and horrible PR that that was for them in that moment.
1: Uh, that didn't help. I don't know that it would have changed when it, how quickly it happened, maybe, but it still would have happened. Okay, seems to me.
0: To my knowledge, the Utah Jazz were the only NBA organization where there was COVID-19 tests administered to all the players in the, as, as far as NBA organizations. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know of any other. There's certainly been a couple other NBA players, namely Kevin Durant. Who've had it. Who've yeah. had it. And this is a slippery slope because I we really have not divulged what our personal thoughts on this entire situation have been much on this show, and I don't really want to either because I do think that this is definitely one of the most polarizing, divisive things we've ever gone through, which is ironic because it should be something that's brought us together, and it actually has in a lot of ways and divided us in other ways. And that's why it's so complicated, and I think that's why people are so weary and so stressed out by all of this is just because there is such crazy uncertainty all the way across the board there's so many different ways to think about it and it's really hard to say that anybody's way of thinking about it is completely erroneous because there is elements of of um validity in all of it but the number one thing i wanted to know I, I, there's two questions i want to know about the reporting of all of this yeah one kevin durant's one of the biggest stars in the world so when he gets COVID-19 and he comes out and tells somebody in the media that, that's news, and and it's news. I mean, it was reported. But am I to believe that if – I mean, to me it seems as if basketball, especially professional basketball, the contact, the intimate nature of it, the nakedness of it would be the most conducive to spreading a virus that is, by scientific standards, one of the most contagious viruses we've seen, right?
1: Right. I can't think of even football. It would be more
0: basketball is the yes, most, right? Yes. yes so if you have players like Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell who were presumably um, contagious while having this virus playing. There's a missing link in terms of the reporting of who else maybe acquired this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of maybe non-superstar, maybe not even close to household names that maybe had it and and just it wasn't reported.
1: Well, and Donovan Mitchell had it and had it symptom-free, asymptomatic, right? Right. Mm -hmm.
0: The other thing that was never reported on is we heard Rudy Gobert has corona. Kevin Durant has COVID-19. Sean Payton has Mm COVID-19. There was never any follow-up. What was it like for you? How sick were you? Was it mild? Was it intense? Did you go to the hospital? What did you do to get over it? I, I'm just interested in all the variability of
1: it. Well, I, I don't think that's accurate. I mean, I certainly heard that exact interview with Sean Payton.
0: So and, Payton did talk about it. So I, I must yeah, have missed yeah, that part. Yeah. Okay. What, and, and what did he say?
1: Well, he just said, you know, like, look, man, I, you, you do what you do is you're at home. And the way that it, I think for him, he said he was ex- incredibly tired. And I, I forget the couple of other symptoms that he had. Ta-
0: no taste. That's but, the one that's been but sort of omnipresent.
1: I, I don't believe that he went to the hospital as a result of his symptoms to stay. He may have gone to get tested sure. and to, to check out, you know, sure. whatever he needed to have. But, you know, he did the thing at home. And then eventually, you know, it it passes, right, for, for folks who are, you know, for most everybody, for 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 the for a high percentage of people, that it passes and then the, the thing is over. But he certainly expressed what that was. And I would bet that if you, you know, if you searched Kevin Durant somewhere along the line that he's probably talked about, you know, what it did or didn't do to him, certainly Donovan Mitchell the same.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I don't want to get too far into the rabbit hole of all of this, but I just I just wonder, I guess what I'm saying is that uh, it's, it's 0% surprising to me that the NFL and the doctor that is associated with the NFL is saying these sorts of things. I, just, I have so many questions, as I know a lot of people do. I think that we don't know a lot, but we do know certain things. We do know the, the high-risk populations that may be afflicted by this mm-hmm. virus and disease, the ones that are more at risk. Certainly. To me, it seems that young men in peak physical condition would be the group that would be very far down, if not the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to being at risk for actually truly dying from something like coronavirus, right? Sure. So I think that there's a certain element of maybe boldness when it comes to risking those people. Now, is that right? I'm not sure. Um, it, it just seems to me that the NFL is taking the quarantine after infected... Rather than before infected, and I, I'm not so sure I disagree with that.
1: Well, I, I I'm not saying I agree or disagree. Well, what with do you What did you think of saying? this? I, this feels to me like he that, that the NFL through this medical spokesperson is attempting to prep the world, prep the fan base right. for what's about to happen, so that it won't be. Right now, the only thing we've seen is coronavirus game over. Right, right? and so. If they if, if if and when it happens, like they say, they fully expect it to happen, right? And then it's not game over for the right. NFL, right? It will come with an expectation that that is what was going to happen. That's not a moral stance on whether it's right or wrong. It's simply sure that's that is my view of and, what he is saying uh, about and why.
0: And that's why it's not surprising because this is an organization that, uh, before the class action lawsuit by former players was trying to skew data when it comes to traumatic brain injuries was trying to, I mean NFL teams now have to concussion tests have to be administered by independent doctors now because they didn't want the doctor who worked for the team to admission the concussion test because then all of a sudden the results may or may not be skewed, but well, all I'm saying all I'm saying is right. that the if we know anything about NFL owners first and foremost, it's not even that they'll just err on the side of profits. The profits are the only thing that actually matters. Of course,
1: like billions of dollars, yeah, have a major sway to all of this. Period. Like, I mean, it's just, it, it's just, it's just the reality. And you can think that that's right or wrong, but it, it's a fact.
0: It's a fact, yeah. right? And I think that's the other part that is maybe we haven't talked about as much. Is we live. We live in such a college town, and such a our world is so driven by college sports. We talk about the University of Montana, Montana State, so often the Big Sky Conference. There, there's, there's continuity, but not it's not, it's not melded completely together like a professional sports league. This is not a private business, although the NCAA, maybe is a it's a charade to say it's not a private business, but in technicality, it's not a private business. And so to get all 260 Division I football teams on the same page, to get dozens of conferences on the same page, to figure out scheduling, to be so far flung in not just urban but also rural areas, it's a nightmare. It's a scheduling nightmare. It's a logistical nightmare. Whereas the NFL, you're in metropolitan areas. It's a private business. You can make your own decisions because you're autonomous, regardless of if those are controversial, regardless of if people disagree with those. Think of the outcry if a doctor associated with the NCAA said this kind of thing. Because now, yeah. now you're talking about insensitivity when it comes to infecting college kids, college campuses. What are we here to do? Student athletes, amateur athletics, all the buzzwords that we're so tired of hearing.
1: But, but, but once again, the point is, is that the NFL and, and the people who work for the NFL mm-hmm. care about the health and safety of their players and the population at large, only in so far as it's balanced out with the money that they will make or lose, which is also tied to the PR side of it. So if they shut it down, it will only because be because keeping it open would have been a bigger money loss and PR disaster right. than shutting it down, not because they actually believe that they're doing the quote right thing. And that is the right. thing that is so distasteful and yet does not change the reality that it is the biggest sport in the world in terms of the league.
0: No question, and I also think that. Well, I don't know. We have to be kind of careful. Well, here.
1: don't because I got to talk about A Rod and J Lo, man. I don't. I don't want to waste
0: uh, any more time on this. I want to have some fun. It's too telling. The, the, all right, there's a gigantic ahead. portion of the NFL fan base that will not only be ambivalent to uh, the, these sorts of things, but but actually incredibly supportive. Here's the thing, and, I, and that's a lot different than a lot of the fan bases because of. It's totally different. The institution of higher learning, like the the people that go to games at Stanford and mm-hmm. the people that go to games in Tampa Bay, it's just a lot different.
1: All I'm saying is this: if a, if a giant company writes a five million dollar check to a nonprofit organization to save money on their taxes to the tune of seven million dollars, okay, they didn't do that in a benevolent way. They did it to make money for themselves. It doesn't change the fact that it was a good thing to do, right? And you, there there are cases where you like the right thing to do is also the most profitable thing to do or whatever. So, you know, I'm not sitting here, I'm not making a judgment call on this. I'm just speaking the truth as I see it. It's 2 Telenuana's, and Nuonis, 1029 ESPN Radio. Did I say A-Rod and J-Lo? Yes, I did. That's where we're about to go with this whole thing because we're going to have a little bit of fun here to finish this thing up. By the way, in a related note somewhat, the last few weeks, right, they have felt like stepping in a huge pile of poo. Have they not? Well, thanks to Montana Pooper Scoopers. That's right, Montana Pooper Scoopers, at least you, can avoid the poo in your yard with their weekly dog pick waste removal. That's right, the job no one in your family wants to do, the job you don't want to do, I can speak as a husband and father, the job I was promised I would not have to do that then I did have to do when a pet was introduced to the household. Well, guess what, Montana Pooper Scoopers, they're going to take care of that for you find out how you can get set up for weekly waste removal or a one-time pickup as well service in missoula and lolo montana pooper scoopers takes care of the job that no one wants to do montanapooperscoopers.com
2: at blackfoot communications we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more.
1: Juice bumpers. This one here. Fanny Company next. Mirror,
2: mirror, on the wall. Don't say because I know Ooh, baby. Is <laughs> Radio, the i Two Tell
1: Nijuana's 1029 ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television. You missed anything in the show today? Mirror,
2: ball, cool,
1: so Our chat was oh, Parker, oh, not Peter Gabriel.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and The voice of the Grizz Riley Corcoran. Check it out on the podcast. The Two-Tail Nuwana's podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Get it there anytime that you would like it at your leisure. Search, rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate it. The podcast is uh, brought to us by our friends at Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. Golter to uh, wrap up the show today, have you heard this? Have you seen this? Reportedly... Alex Rodriguez, he has that Alex Rodriguez, is interested in buying the Mets. Now <laughs> well, He's got the money. <laughs> here's what's amazing. He actually doesn't. Well, right,
0: right. He doesn't. I mean, he this does is does how much money we're talking about. He well, that's the thing, like doesn't Mike. have enough money. Think about how much money Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan have. Right. Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan made five to six times as much money as they made during their playing careers since their playing careers have been over. They still don't have enough money to be majority owners of a team. That's how expensive teams are. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think Michael Jordan's worth almost $2 billion, and he still can't buy an NBA franchise outright. Well,
1: and you know what? He he could, but you can't liquefy all that. You know what I mean? Right. You own here The irony of owning an NBA basketball team and not being able to buy groceries because you just actually have zero real dollars. Uh, in any case, uh, he was on Jimmy Fallon. Uh, that being Alex Rodriguez, and was asked about this, said that uh, quote, "A lot of people don't know this, but growing up, I was a big Mets fan. With the exception of my daughter's birth, the best years of my life were 1986 and 2009. Not 2009 when he won a World Championship with the Yankees, but 86 with the Mets. Well, what, not he was with not with the Mets, but no, you understand no, what I'm right, saying, right, uh, Buckner." So, it, it would be a scenario in which he would be a minority owner with another partner who is reportedly, you know, b- trying to buy or put together a, a purchase of the Mets. We don't have time to get into this for real, but is this ironic that the guy who is one of the most now, well, doesn't Derek Jeter own the Florida Marlins? Yes, the Miami Marlins. The Miami Mar- and you know what? People love Derek Jeter. He he is like a, he's you know. The, the the captain right the player of players right People hate Alex Rodriguez, they do. right? And him and J-Lo and the whole thing and nobody, I don't know, you know. And you sit here and you go, really? So you, this is a guy that you want to have on ownership in, though not a majority owner, in a significant way as an owner of the Mets now as a former Yankee? This is what we're going to do? I just think yeah, but it's it, going to be a lot of, what is it, New York Post page six or page page It, it is ironic.
0: It is ironic, but also the publicity of an owner is so – not consequential to a franchise because with the exception of Mark Cuban and Steve Ballmer doesn't isn't every owner loathsome isn't every owner hated the difference is that every owner used to be running some
1: offshore oil rig (laughs) as opposed to playing the sport and cheating at it and lying about it multiple times during the course of their careers that's the disconnect am I right here
0: well, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying hard. Oh, enough. for crying out! Just, just ask Sean Rainey. Hope he's listening. Oh man! This,
1: <laughs> first of all, he didn't cheat. He played exactly by the rules which you set forth. No,
0: I'm, I'm just, I'm just kidding. We were just, uh, we were giving Colter him a hard lost time. At golf. He's very, no, no, no. Very uh, upset. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, regardless, you if, know
1: what? If, no, no, no. We'll get to it tomorrow, boys and girls. More CSPN Radio, two till noon. As we'll see you on Wednesday.